1: But notice
2: where he ends. But the Lord rescued me from them all. Why is he saying that to Timothy? Because Timothy is going to have his own issues. Timothy's going to have his own trouble. Paul was an open book. Is that important? What would Paul say? What you see is what you get. He's not perfect. Far from perfect. Nobody's trying to be perfect. We're just trying to be better like Christ.
0: If you're from the family of a pastor, you have some idea of how difficult and stressful that vocation can be. They sometimes have to hear the worst of what people do and yet give counsel that's biblically correct with godly love. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about the Apostle Paul's relationship with Timothy, a younger pastor. You'll find out how much they needed and relied on the Holy Spirit You'll come to understand that you need the Holy Spirit in your life to help you get through your daily grind. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4 with today's edition of Lessons for Living.
2: So Paul says, I'm sending you Timothy for this reason. Now, why would he send Timothy? Well, the answer is in the verse. Timothy, my, what's it say? Well, was it his physical son? No, it was not. Timothy became a believer because his grandmother and mom. It was his what? His spiritual son. It was his disciple. There's the principle of discipleship. So Paul says, I've discipled Timothy. I'm comfortable sending Timothy to the church. I'm not coming right now, so I'm sending Timothy. When Paul discipled Timothy, what did Timothy end up with? Paul's DNA. He watched how Paul ministered. And he had his DNA. Now, he was different from Paul. Remember, Paul sometimes had to say to Timothy, come on now, Timothy. Don't be timid. Timothy, timid. Come on. Move out. Get out there. Stir up that gift that's within you. So, Timothy was going to remind the Corinthians, not of Timothy's way of teaching, but Paul's way of teaching and Paul's way of living. Now, I want to remind you of something, because from the background, you don't see this may be happening. The older pastors that are here, obviously starting with me, but the guys that have a lot of experience, Dave, Dean, as we're here, this is exactly what we're doing with the younger guys. What are we doing? We want them to know us. We want them to have our DNA. We want them to teach and live as we do. Again, far from perfect. As long as we're following Christ and to imitate Christ ourselves. So why, why are we doing that? Because I have a role model. Paul says, now think about this: how'd you like to be Timothy? He's going to a very difficult church. But he feels confident because he learned how to deal with people from who? The Apostle Paul. So he learned it well. So This is important for you to understand. Why isn't Paul afraid of sending Timothy? Because he can trust Timothy. Timothy isn't going to go and try to make a name for himself. Does that make sense to you? Now, when I'm out of the pulpit, I'm on a mission trip or I'm on vacation or whatever. When I I put people here, why do I do that? Because I what? I trust them. So I won't hear if I'm on vacation Uh, somebody just taught exactly the opposite the way you teach. They have an agenda. They're trying to bring people to themselves. If that was ever true, how many more times would they teach for me? (laughs) Remember the shed we're talking about? (laughs) Now, why would I do that? Because I'm proud? No, because I'm responsible for this body of believers. But... When I have Dave or Dean or the other guys come, I'm totally comfortable. Why? Well, they're not going to be me. They're going to have their own giftings. They're going to have their own unique qualities. But they're not going to be against me. They're going to be for me. And they're going to be teaching basically like we teach. They know what our DNA is here. Does that make sense to you? Well, that's important. Many times, and again, I don't make this weird. Many times you go to church... And it's always outside speakers coming in. I believe you should be raising people up from within, if you can. Because what? Sitting here week in, week out, whose DNA are they getting? My DNA. And I get my DNA from lots of different people that I'm around. And so the same thing. And so it's a huge thing. And so Paul says to Timothy, I'm going to send you because I trust you. Well, why does he trust him? Because he discipled him. That's amazing to see that happening. And that's healthy for a church, in case you don't know. Now, why did Paul really feel about that? I want you to go see this verse. Keep your finger there. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Notice he says, I'm sending Timothy to you. And I want you to see how broad that was. How broad that knowledge that Timothy had. Now, remember, from all we know, Timothy's dad either wasn't in the picture or he's definitely not a believer. So kind of, it's his spiritual dad. In many ways, it would kind of take the place of a little bit of a dad as we move through that. Now look at chapter 3, 2 Timothy 3. Look down to verse 10. This is Paul writing to Timothy. This is a goal for me. This is a goal for Pastor Dean. This is a goal for Pastor Dave. As we're ministering to these younger pastors who are eventually going to take our place or go to another place around the world. Notice what he says. Timothy, you, however, know all about my teaching. Now, if he stopped there, that would pretty much be it. But he doesn't stop there. That's just a little starting point. Remember, a pastor is not just a preaching machine. He's a person. And he says this, you know about my way of life. You know about my purpose. You've watched my faith. You understand my patience. You know about my love. You know about my endurance. You know about my persecutions. You know about my sufferings. And what kind of things happened to me? In Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. The persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from them all. Now, Notice what Paul says. How would some of us end this verse? You know, all the persecutions I suffered. You're like, oh, this is a miserable thing this is a mystery thing. I don't think I can even stand it. But notice where he ends. But the Lord rescued me from them all. Why is he saying that to Timothy? Because Timothy is going to have his own issues. Timothy is going to have his own trouble. Paul was an open book. Is that important? What would Paul say? What you see is what you get. He's not perfect, far from perfect. Nobody's trying to be perfect. We're just trying to be better like Christ. So let me ask you a question. Parent, open book? Well, I want my children to see. Well, they already see it. Open book? Need to be. I try, all the pastors that teach you, we try to share with you some of the things that we fail at. Because we're not perfect. Some things we keep to ourselves, obviously, just like you do. It's not for public. But we want to be an open book. And that's what he was. He was transparent. He said to Timothy, just look at my whole life. I'm not afraid of what people see. Now, this should be the role of any leader. Any leader at all. People should know who they're following. But what are we discovering in the church? Hidden stuff that's been going on for years. And that's why lots of people won't ever come into a church. Realistically, no person's looking for a perfect pastor. That's impossible. Just a real one. Same for parents. So parents, understand. Share the good. And the not so good with your children as you get older. Share times where you failed. You don't have to go into lots of detail. Just as they get older, so they'll understand that they're going to fail, but it's okay. Mom and dad did the same. And look, they're they're, they're living for the Lord. They're doing things. Show how putting God first is the most important thing in your life. You shouldn't have to just teach on it. You should show that. And so we need to be open. Let me read to you one thing. There was so much trust from Paul and Timothy. He said this to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2. Let me just read it to you. And the things you've heard me say... In the presence of many witnesses, now you entrust to reliable men who will be qualified to teach others. Timothy, you learned the doctrine. You learned the truth from me. Now don't mix it with what you think. You heard what I taught you. Pass it on. Don't let false teachers come in and add to it. Don't let somebody take away from it. Simply pass on the truth that you were taught. For me So when Paul would send Timothy to Corinth, he would teach the word that Paul was taught. Now where was Paul taught the word? Well, we have backgrounds that Paul was interacted with Peter and others, so I'm for sure he learned that. But remember, when Paul first got saved, God took him to the deserts of Arabia for how many years? three years. Anybody like to be taught by Jesus? Wow. By the way, you are being taught by Jesus. This is his word. He is the word. But he had that time. And so he would say to Timothy, now don't add to the doctrine. You just teach what I told you. It's pure. It's right. Other people will try to come in. No, you just teach it. Just stay stay with the word of God. Now, it wasn't just the word that he wanted to keep pure, but it was the attitude of how to teach, especially in a difficult church. Listen to what he would write. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, learn to correct. He's going to have to do that. Learn to rebuke. He's going to have to do that. He's going to have to learn to encourage, Paul says. So I have to do all of these. And then he says this, you have to do that with great patience and careful instructions. Now, why do you need great patience and careful instruction? Because my natural tendency and your natural tendency is what? To rebel when someone corrects me. Well, quit talking about me. I'm not that way. But when the Spirit speaks to us, yeah, we are that way. So it has to be careful. Why is he careful? By the way, parent, same. Careful instruction, great patience. When we got our new puppy a year ago, when I sat down one day a couple weeks later and went, did we make the right decision? This is like another baby. <laughs> and we thought, wow, we've long gone from that. Because we had to be what? Had to be patient instruction. Understand, it takes patience, doesn't it? Because you can get angry. So let me challenge you pray for your pastors, because there's lots of difficult things that we have to address. I try to do exactly what Paul says. To correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instructions. Here's how we're doing it. By the way, you're amazing. You listen. You're teachable. Thank you. It makes it so much easier. Unlike the church at Corinth, back to 1 Corinthians 4.18. Now watch what Paul says. Here comes this correction. Hard for them, but he's got a dad's heart. Notice what he says. Some of you become arrogant. As if I were not coming to you. Here's what was happening in the church. They didn't respect Paul. I mean, can you imagine that? (laughs) They didn't respect Paul. They thought they were better than Paul. They kind of had the church together. And so you're going to see in a moment, they're going to say this. Paul, I'm sure you're never coming to correct us. You might send Timothy, but you're never coming. So we're not afraid of you. We don't really care. So there was no respect. So watch what he says again. This is important. Some of you have become arrogant. What do they mean arrogant? Well, we, we teach just like Paul. We're better than you. Know, I'll pick this one. You pick that one. There was that division as if I were not coming to you. So who is some of you? And it's not everybody. It's just some. It's the people that caught the division. They actually thought that Paul would never come back and hold them accountable for what was happening. They knew they were dividing it. But I have to stop and say something to you that because it's important. Paul, we don't know that Paul ever did get back there. But realistically, I'm not too worried about Paul getting back there because I'm going to be accountable to somebody other than the apostle Paul. I'm going to be accountable to God for my actions. And later, Paul would say that. What would he say? You're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And we're going to give a response for how we do. So parents, grandparents... Not only is that a privilege to have a baby. I just saw a two-week-old baby down there. We'll eventually dedicate in the back. Wonderful. Wonderful. But that's a great responsibility as well. Look at verse 19. But I will come to you very soon. Watch what he puts. If the Lord is what? Why does he put that in there? Who's he teaching? Prideful, arrogant people. Make their own decisions, not really interested in what God says. What's the opposite role model? Submissive and humble. I'll come to you. Now, in the natural, how soon would Paul like to be there? The quickest plane he could get on, he'd be right there. But he says, I'm coming to you if it's the will of God. What is that? That's living under the influence of the power of the Holy Spirit. See, so we talk a lot about living under the influence. Living under the influence just simply means that the Spirit controls us. What is Paul living? The Spirit-filled life. What are they living? The carnal life. So he's trying to say them lovingly. He says, but I will come to you if the Lord is willing. And then I will find out not only how these arrogant people are talking, but what power They have. So Paul says, when I arrive, I'm not just going to listen to your words. Because the kingdom of God is not about a bunch of words. You can say whatever. You can kind of convince me. But I'm going to look at God's power. I'm going to look to see what's really taking place. Now, how important for Paul to be under that control of the Spirit? Then he writes this amazing verse. Look at verse 20. For the kingdom of God... Is not a matter of talk, but a power. What an amazing sentence. What a reminder. The kingdom of God does not just consist in talk. The kingdom of God is about the spirit of God in action. You see, if I'm going to be filled with the spirit of God, my words are going to be anointed, but my life and deeds are going to be walked out in the power of God. That's you. Paul says you guys talk a great show here. You're spiritual, you're mature, you got it all together. Well, let me come and see what that looks like. And by the way, that church was a disaster. Because what was one of the things they said? We'll get to it later when we get on to chapter 12 through 14. What were they going to say? We have every gift that's operating like crazy. man. We got it all together. We got the power. And he has to write chapter 13 and say, oh, you might think you have the power, but if you don't have love, ding 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 Nothing, because love shows that you're under the control of the Spirit. It's not how the gifts are. It's whether you have love. So Paul warns he'll be back, and he'll use his legitimate claim as a spiritual overseer of the people. If they don't want to accept him as a parent, a godly spiritual parent, then he will play the apostle card. Because that's who he is. He's the spiritual leader of that church. He's the establisher of that church. Now he doesn't want to do that, but if he has to, he will. See, Paul's life was filled with the power of God. These people were void of the power of God. Their lifestyle of words were not coming from the Spirit; they were coming from the flesh. And so, look at the option he gives them, verse twenty-one. What do you prefer? Shall I come with a whip? or in love with a gentle spirit, like a loving father that's going to hold them accountable, he says, what do you you do with the truth is up to you. If you continue to rebel and show a rebellious spirit, then I'm sorry, I'm coming with godly discipline because I'm going to protect God's church. You've all as a parent had to make that same thing. You do that one more time. Well, if you really do it one more time, and if our children know that we'll never keep our word, what happens? Rebellion. So Paul simply says, I will not allow you to continue to divide and weaken and harm his church. But if you're humble and you receive the correction, you're not right with God. You need to change Then I'm going to come with that love. And I'm going to come with a spirit of gentleness. That's a beautiful picture. See, Paul knows the boundaries. He's responsible for that church. If he just let go what goes, the church is going to be destroyed from inside. And there's no influence in the community. And why did they ever start the church? So he says, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to take care of some of you. And if you listen to me, praise God. Good stuff. We'll learn together. We've all made mistakes. If you don't, then I'll correct you and we'll see so much the correction that someone is expelled from the church said so pastor right that's ridiculous no that's healthy that's keeping our to be honest with you our world needs a little more of that by the way our homes need a little more of that and that's the love that comes from a guy who loves the church notice what paul would say cuz we've all been to the shed all of us have been corrected. I number a number of times I was very prideful and I went to the shed big time with God. I remember it. I mean, he forgave me, but it was miserable. Look at Hebrews 12. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. You always hate when your parents said this hurts me more than you. Really? Okay, take my place, would you? Thank you. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Look at here. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been submitted and been trained by it. There's the role model. Been trained by it. Last thing you want to write is simply this. Godly discipline results in a successful and productive life. That's all the way through the scripture. That's the way God does it. You have a loving Heavenly Father. Parents, be a godly role model. Grandparents, step it up. Find the balance. Ask God for the wisdom. You here in the congregation are watching, pray for your elders and your pastors. We're just people. We need his wisdom. We need to know how to draw the line, how to do it, how to encourage, how to correct, and sometimes how how to warn and sometimes to just simply discipline. In his teaching, Pastor
0: Mark used the Apostle Paul's relationship with Timothy to show how older pastors and parents should disciple the younger pastors and children. You heard how Paul didn't shy away from any difficulties he had had. He was teaching Timothy how to be a good pastor. you learned learn that being truthful is the way a leader with godly integrity leads. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. This concludes teaching number four of Pastor Mark's series, People, Problems, and Practical Helps. Next time, as Pastor Mark begins teaching number five, he'll begin the Apostle Paul's addressing of sexual problems in the Corinthian church. You'll hear about the importance of sexual purity and most vitally, why you as a Christ follower should be sexually pure. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne.
1: In a